0: the tone, please record your message. When
1: you have finished recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options.
2: Say, Ronnie, the fills are rolling, baby. Round 2, we're going to Atlanta, we're going to steal 2 and then win it back in Philly. The Birds stole a close one against Arizona, the Ravens pulled one out late last night with a Justin Tucker field goal. We got a great show for you here tonight, Ron and
0: John...
1: What's up, everybody? Ron and John show. We're back for another week. Philly sports is at the highest of highs. John, it's a good time to be living in Philadelphia and rooting for these teams, man.
2: Yes, sir. The great, day, great day to be alive as a, as a Philly sports fan. We're getting uh, kicked off here, episode seven. We're some, we're some lucky guys. We got three huge wins Friday, Saturday, Sunday. After our last episode, two by the Phils. Won by the birds. Um, let's. I, I want to get started off with with the, the Phillies series. Friday, the epic comeback uh, it was a, It was a early afternoon start time, um, and w- it was looking abysmal for the first nine innings. Um, or actually, it wasn't looking abysmal for the first nine innings. We played really well. Wheeler pitched his ass off, um, and then bring in the the reliever, give up the two run dong and we think it's about over. Now I'll let you kind of explain the that that epic rally with hits and walks and in 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 the top of the ninth.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, we talked about it on our uh kind of Philly special episode that we had last week. Um we said we thought the Phillies were going to win the first two games and yeah. it didn't happen exactly like we thought, but we talked about the advantage they had on the mound and the Philly starters I mean, they gave up two runs in two games, right? Mm. So, well, actually, no, the starters gave up zero runs in two games. Yeah, Bullpen gave up three. um, But it was just a fantastic performance uh, by those two guys, Wheeler and Nola. And that's, you know, we were talking about it. You just forget postseason baseball, like really the last three outs of the game. Like you can say that all 27 outs are created equal but they're not the last three outs of a baseball game are so difficult to get. And you saw that yeah. in both games, like even game two when the Phillies had the lead and game one, when they had the lead and it went to the bottom of the ninth, like it's hard to get people out. Like the heightened uh, focus by hitters, like it just shows you how good these guys are as athletes, like the battles yeah. that they have and and it's just, it's really neat to see, but Phillies came out yeah. on top, man. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm excited to see it. And I was yeah. at Barstool, like we talked about, um, and we posted it on social media on Friday. I was mm-hmm. on Smitty story, you know, we were fist bumping, chest bumping, uh, and the place was packed for fucking whatever, three mm-hmm. o'clock start on a Friday. So it was pretty neat. Yeah.
2: Now I got, a, I got a quick question for you regarding that epic comeback on Friday. Um, I know when they pulled the guy that kind of walked everybody to, to spark that rally, they were saying that it was his finger that in a previous game he had he had fell and landed on his finger that was, that was hurt. Do you think that that was a publicity stunt? Do you think he was just trying to say that to be like, oh, that's why I fucked up. I was hurt. Or do you think that he was actually injured and they were dumb enough to play an injured player?
1: No, I think that was all complete bullshit. What I think happened, <laughs> and it was actually that was actually really fucked up. It's a good point. Like they, we probably should drill a couple of their guys in or around the head or neck area next year because it was just such bush league. That guy, if you remember, was perfectly fine throwing the baseball in the bottom of the eighth inning when he came in and, sh- and shut the yeah. door on us. Mm-hmm. He came back out for the ninth inning. He. Number one, a closer doesn't isn't used to doing five-inning closes, and that's the coach's fault for pulling their yeah. starter when he was at 75 pitches and it was dealing. Took him out early, which led for them to bring the closer in early. Mm-hmm. He came out, struck out Hoskins, was nothing wrong with him then, and gave up a blue pit to Real Mito with two strikes. Then they decided to pitch around Harper, and by doing that, all he was doing was throwing balls for seven pitches, yeah. and yeah. that fucked him all up. And so then the Cardinals, those fucking scumbags, what they did was they were like, fuck, we have to get our bullpen warmed up fast. Oh, shit. They didn't have anyone warmed up quick enough. So they were like, let's go out there because there's a mound visit rule now. I don't know if you saw yeah. that, but I just realized that was at the game. You only have four mound visits, and that includes catcher's visits. So they couldn't waste another mountain visit.
2: is that in the game?
1: The whole entire game. You only get oh, four. Wow. That's so they crazy. couldn't waste another visit but yeah. uh, an injury visit doesn't count. So they fucking created that shit. They went out to the mound um, and I was listening to the Phillies radio and fucking Larry Anderson who pitched for the Phillies for for many years back in the 90s yeah. was losing his shit um just talking about how fucking bush league it was. Disgraceful yeah. like sitting out there they're cr- they're they're trying to crack his jammed fingers to loosen them up on the mound. And yeah, then what the hell is that about? And then I think the best part was that they let him throw a pitch after as if to be like, all right, let's see how he feels now, mm. you know? And yeah. then he throws then also, the pitch and yeah. he says, I'm good. And the coach is like, you know what? We're just going to go to the bullpen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like and I just thing. threw 30 pitches. What do you think? Yeah. He needs one more to tell you if he feels good or not. Yeah. Fucking well, that's terrible.
2: the thing too. The, um they they said that because it was an injury that the guy got an, an unlimited amount of warm up pitches, the guy out of the pen. Um, so because right. they weren't prepared, they didn't have the guy warmed up. They faked the injury that he can now come out and throw as many warm ups as he wanted, and I think karma kind of came back to bite him in the ass because we absolutely shelled them that that half inning and put up a six spot, um, and I, yeah. I I really don't think that our I mean, we parlayed that energy in game one to game two and we come out at Nola deals and then Bryce hits that absolute fucking moonshot. Fucking tank. I think it was the second (laughs) inning, dude. Bro, okay. So if if you guys watched our my first cheesesteak review, we're at Smalton More Bar in, in my neighborhood. We were there on Friday watching the game, right? And so I'm standing there watching, and the bar is kind of quiet. There's like low mumblings of conversation. And as soon as Bryce connected with that ball, I screamed at the top of my lungs, get out, ball! And the entire bar went silent, except for one other Phillies fan that was like in the far other corner that's like, whoa! And we're clapping and yawn. And the entire bar's like, the fuck are these people cheering about? But dude, that was I like I felt it like through my body. When he connected with that ball.
1: <laughs> I think the I think the Cardinals did as well. Oh my I mean, god, that, that ball was fucking shit on. It was a piss missile, dude. Like
0: it was a a, piss a,
1: missile. It sounded like a gunshot coming through your television. Yeah, that's how loud it was. And
2: he he's one of the best at pimping the home runs too. He does. Like he, he like when he
1: hits, yeah. he knows they're gone. He's it's very yeah. cool. Like sometimes some people are flashy, some people are dorky with it. His is just yeah. cool. Like it's not even like a big high bat flip, it's just it's it kind of brings me the elegance of when Howard would just fucking drop the bat and look yeah. up. Like yeah. it's similar to that feel of just yeah, like, like I was, anyway, even if it was inside the park, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was gonna trot. <laughs> But it was fucking what! What an awesome, an yeah. awesome weekend of baseball! And yeah, man. hey, now they got house money. They they're gonna get at least one home game on yeah. Friday night in Philly, first time in a decade. So you you already know that place will be rocking,
2: yeah, isn't it, it? Won't they get two at least? It's a seven game series, I thought.
1: Nah, best of five. Best so best. yeah, so it goes best of three in the wild card, best of five in the NLDS, I mean, and best then seven for the seven championship for the last two. Yeah, yeah, but. Um uh, going back to your point and, uh, you know, the like being focused on the games and like how good the baseball mm-hmm. is, it brings up a good point in that like so many people want to change the game and yeah. change the rules. Like if you watch playoff baseball this weekend, you can't tell me that there's something wrong with the game yeah. because it was intense. Strikeouts, I noticed a lot were down. Like you didn't see many. Yeah. You saw a lot of balls put in play. That's just increased mm-hmm. focus. Like if they want to change anything, maybe it's that they're expecting players to be focused every at bat for 162 games. Yeah. You know I mean it can give you a little bit fucking difficult to want to go up there four at bats a game, 162 times, and yeah. be fully engaged every pitch. Like, well, that's a lot. The,
2: the answer to that would be to just shorten the season, right? Because then. Right. Now your games mean more, right? right? Like that's the reason why the NFL is so entertaining. You have 17 regular season games per team. Those games mean so much more as opposed to like you have 82 games in basketball. If you lose a random game on a Wednesday, people aren't really going to care that much. The Eagles lose one, like, like one game. That could be the difference between them being the one seed and getting home field advantage throughout the playoffs or being in the wild card, right? Like things are so close nowadays that you don't like you don't know you one game could be the end so i think if the mlb like wants to they don't need to change the rules of the game they need to cut their season but i don't think owners are going to want to do that because of the money behind it
0: but they nah, probably
2: I... honestly they'd sell just as many tickets if the games were more interesting yeah it
1: like it'd be double the crowd every time
2: how many of those games have like seven people in the crowd you're playing at one o'clock on a wednesday while people are at work look like, who the fuck's going in that game
1: Right. Well, speaking of that, you know, you got NLDS game one. The game's at fucking one o'clock tomorrow in Atlanta. Like, what are we doing? One o'clock. So now I need to I need to have uh, my computer on one screen and a TV on the other. And uh, it's just like baseball. I think we should be commissioners. I think that's what needs to
2: happen. Yeah. uh, first, First order of business, we're putting Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Yes, and then we're gonna figure out how to make this sport actually fucking interesting again.
1: I think steroids are the answer. Bring back steroids. I think ga-
2: I mean gambling is the answer.
1: Gambling, <laughs> steroids,
2: yeah, uh, drug addicts. Uh no, no. Baseball, dude. Maybe the Mets. Maybe the,
0: Mets more...
1: the Mets had some. You know, they won the World Series. Half their team was crackheads. Go well, guys. I think
2: they're, I think half their coaching staff is crackheads now because. They just put together one of the fucking most embarrassing performances in a playoff series I ever seen, and they came out talking all that crazy shit about we're not going to pitch to Grom if we until we lose a game. Well, it's yeah. like, sorry, dude,
1: got shelled for two of them.
2: Have yeah, fun. Now seeing- you're
1: fucking going home.
2: Yeah, have fun that watching Manny Machado play against the Dodgers,
1: dude. And how check- about them fucking getting getting shoved against? And they're like, ah, check this picture. There's got to be something up. Yeah. Fucking yesterday. I don't know if you saw that fucking they made the umpires go out and rub down the guy's fucking earlobes because they said that the pitcher had foreign substance on his ears Oh my! and God. there was nothing there after the guys throwing a seven inning one hitter against you like, yeah ah, this has got to be why we can't hit
2: there's no there's no other explanation for us to begin our ass kicked this bad except for the guys cheating no um, you guys are idiots
1: and culminating here with the phillies Rob Thompson, congratulations! They just signed oh, him. Oh yeah. two-year, two-year deal. deal. Well, listen, well deserved. Unbelievable. Well
2: eleven-year drought. Job. Dude. You took us to the playoffs as an interim head coach after an eleven-year drought, dude. You didn't even—they didn't even give him a full season, dude. Imagine what he's going to do in a full season.
1: No, I agree. And look, we've all been in sports locker rooms, dude, mm-hmm. and watching them. After that game.
0: Whoa. Dude,
1: that was electric. I mean, that's a banger. And that, like, when they're in that circle, like, I don't know if people realize it, like, being in a fucking locker room, like, that's camaraderie. Like, when they're fucking, like, the circle, the tight circle signifies just, like, such unity. And, dude, I love the message. Like, fucking, we're on our own. Fuck everybody else. Like. Yeah. You know, even us as fans, like, we they, we were booing them half a year, right? We didn't believe yeah. they were going to hold on. And they're like, no. listen, we're going dancing on our own, baby. Like, yeah. this is us. We don't need nobody yeah. else. So, I mean, it's it's a great – listen, and, and, you know, I guess we're going to have to get into this right now because the game's fucking tomorrow. They don't give them much time off. Um, yeah. I think they have as good a shot as anybody to upset the Braves and, and go to the next round. I, that, I think we, they have that juice, you know, man.
2: We match up way better with the Braves than we do the Dodgers, or the Padres. Um, and I think I do think we have a good chance of winning this series and potentially going to an NLCS, which this would be wild. What, this was what we talked about on the last show: is that in our career, fourteen playoff appearances, we've been in the World Series seven times, and we've been in the NLCS ten times. Yeah. So. No, like, it, it, Dude, we're like, it's it's not some like when we make the playoffs, we come to play, and I think people are figuring that out now that we're not just a kind of a gimmicky team this year that's going to come out and maybe win a game or two and then fold and let one of the big name teams get through. But I agree. You know,
1: we <coughs> and to, and and you know, as we give our predictions here, John, um, want to start with you. What yeah. do you think for the Phillies to win? is the biggest key for them to win and then as well kind of your prediction on on the series and and how it unfolds in this best of five
2: yeah i think i think you need to look at what caused the um the cardinals to lose to us and i think it was it was walks we can't give up free bases right i think if we could play our game i don't think the brit like the braves have some bats they have some decent bats. But I don't think they're gonna knock like they're not gonna knock the ball around with us. Like we have some of the best sticks in the game. If our guys are on point, right, we're gonna lose the game if we start putting guys on base for free and allowing them to manufacture runs. So I think our key to for the, for us for the rest of the playoffs as a pitching staff, we need to we need to limit walks. Right, we can't give up free bases. And I think like you said earlier um, about us hitting wise. The key is going to just be not to strike out, man. Put the ball in play, force those guys to make plays. It's cold out, right? Guys are used to playing the field when it's warm. They're out there shivering. You work along at bat, right? They're just standing there like this, fucking shivering yeah. in their ass. And then the balls hit to them and they're cold, right? So you're going to see more balls kind of find holes. You're going to see maybe a few more errors happening. Um, but yeah put the ball in play and don't give them free bases. And I think we got as good a shot as anybody to be in the world series.
1: Awesome. And, and from my end, um, pretty similar. I I really think tomorrow is the most critical game in the series because Mm. they've been off for over a week. I think their timing as hitters is going to be a little off naturally. Mm. Haven't faced live pitching in a while. Um, and, you know, the Phillies have been playing with desperation for about a week, week and a half now. So I think that could be an advantage. And they're coming out, you have Ranger Suarez against the Braves' number one pitcher, Max Fried. Mm-hmm. If the Phillies can somehow steal this game in a best of three, up one nothing, and they go Wheeler-Nola 2-3, and three, that's a ton of pressure on the Braves. So mm-hmm. if they can steal a game, uh, really, that Aaron Nola and Wheeler don't start in, I think it could prove to be huge for the Phillies. So uh, I'm excited. One o'clock. I'm expecting the Braves fans to not really show up on on a Tuesday.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, I am hoping
1: the atmosphere is very dead. And it's just like a very sneak attack type victory for the Phillies going down there, steal a game, and then kind of try and play the next three games and win two out of three of those and and get yourself to the NLCS.
2: Yeah. Hey, man, if we could do it, Philly's going to be electric. It's like I was trying to explain this to to my roommate who is from Baltimore. Um, that yeah, the Philly Philly is an Eagles town, right? We we roll with the birds through thick and thin. We love the Sixers, we love the Philly, but there was, I mean, maybe we were spoiled growing up, but there's just something different about the Phillies playing October baseball. Um, even the year we won the Super Bowl was was unbelievable fan support out in the streets, but. Like when I remember being in 2008, when we were making that playoff push, there was just no energy that I've ever felt like that as a kid. Yeah, um, we were in we were in sixth grade transitioning from fifth to sixth grade that summer. Um, so we were that was our prime, like our our dream was still to be Major League Baseball players. And we're watching these guys go out there and just play their hearts out. But I'm I'm really excited to see how the city responds bringing the first playoff game in 11 years back to the, back to Philadelphia. It's going to be, it's going to be a special moment. Tears might be shed. Um, babies might be conceived that night. Um, and it's, it's, yes. it's going to be electrifying.
1: Yes. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, we can have some news later this week that that will have us, you know, being, being present street. in some capacity
2: yep. Uh, yep.
1: for that, for that game. But, kind of transition to, to Sunday, kind of the culmination of the weekend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, honestly, I don't have a ton to say on the game. Like, you know, I'll just do a quick synopsis and, and kind yeah. of let you go into detail on what you saw. But from my perspective, mm-hmm. I thought it was a trap game all week. Um, my formula almost proved correct, but luckily yeah. the Eagles are such a good and talented team. They're yeah. able to get away with it. Um, but, you know, it was just one of those games it's, you know, yeah. I feel like, you win. You say we f- we were bad at just about everything. We weren't very good at much, but yeah. we won. So fuck it. We got to get better. And it's Cowboy Week.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think what I the biggest takeaway I had from that game, watching it, was that the Arizona Cardinals are a really good football team. They are. I don't think the record at all reflects how good of talent they have on that roster. I don't know if I've seen another, even the Eagles. I don't know if I've seen another team with that much speed and power combined. Like you look at the Miami Dolphins, they're a high speed team, but they're not really, they lack power. I think you look at the Philadelphia Eagles, we're a big power team. We're big up front. We have a really great front seven, but we don't really, we can't really burn with the best of the fast teams. I think you saw an Arizona Cardinals team that on both sides of the ball was just physically superior. Um, and I think the reason we were able to pull these games out is that we just played more smart football um, and I tip my cap to Nick Sirianni that that's a coach's game right there. Right. We're like, we're going to sit here and, and, and shit on him when he loses close games like that. And the same token, we have to sit here and give him praise because that 20 to 17 victory is on Sirianni. Right. That was an unbelievably coach game. Right. Coordinators played really well. We managed the game pretty well End of the game missed field goal. Some will say it was lucky, but that was a tough field goal and a high pressure situation that he had to make and um, making sure that Kyler got down before that third down just goes to show like our defense is being smart, knowing where the sticks are. Um, And I think, I think that we were a better football team is why we beat them, but those players, I think they had more talent than us on the other side of that ball. Um, yeah. I mean, Devontae Smith got hit on do you do you remember the screen? We threw yeah. a little
0: screen at Devontae smoked.
2: Smith. I can't remember what that guy's name is, but that was one of the best hits in football that I've seen in a long time. The closing speed, if you watch him, when Jalen Hurts serves that ball, the amount of time it took for him to recognize that play and make that tackle was scary. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> No, was that um,
1: Buddha Baker?
2: No, it wasn't. I gotta. I'm gonna look at no. the box score now to figure out who it was. Um, but I think I think that this game this game was really important for us to show us that hey, one, we're not that great. Like I think we might have been in our own heads a little bit about our own talent, like saying that we're we're um, we're this super talented team, and that's why we're winning. I think everybody got it in their heads now that they're like okay like let's take a step back here um we might not be as good as we think we are um and I think that's a good necessary wake-up call and we were able to get out of that situation with a win now that was Byron Murphy cornerback number seven unbelievable player I mean he was very impressive him and Isaiah Simmons that safety out of Clemson were both all over the field Buda Baker looked really good too but I would say if I were going to pick my standouts for that game, it was those two defensive backs for the Cardinals that were just, they were, they were really impressive.
1: So. No doubt. And uh, kind of transitioning to the NFL a little bit as a whole here, John, what do you, uh, what is your one big takeaway from the NFL from this past week? What do you um, think?
2: I think, I mean, as a whole for the, for the league, I think that it's been kind of the M.O. all season this year. It's that any it's in any given Sunday type year, right? Any team could win. You see the Jets come out and upset the Dolphins this week. I know they had a third-string quarterback, but still that's a game they should win. Um, I You you have the Saints kind of making a little bit of a push. The Patriots um, get a big win over the Lions. They shut them out. They prove themselves. And then you have a team like the Jags who are rolling and – um, and they, they blow one to the Texans, who are the worst team in the league. So this isn't any given Sunday year, man. It's hard to gamble on it, and um, I think that it it's good for football. Um, it's just it shows you that every game is going to be competitive. We could turn on the game on a random Sunday, week seven, and it's going to be just as good a football as we'll see in the playoffs, if not better. Um, so I'm really happy about that. Now, one question I had for you, Aust. That's somewhat Philly news. Um, Former Temple head coach Matt rule was fired this morning as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Um, He is currently looking at other jobs uh, in college football, but he'd probably be wise to stay out and do what Doug did because he'll then get the remainder of his contract paid out to him. He gets another coaching job and he won't get that money paid, paid out. Um, So he'll likely take the rest of the year off. Um, My question for you is the, the Carolina Panthers posted on their Instagram that they were parting ways with Matt rule in terms of social etiquette in sports. Do you think they should do that? Or do you think that would be like, like a guy posting that he broke up with his girlfriend on Instagram? Like that's kind of weird, isn't it?
1: You know, I do find it weird, like that they feel it necessary to post that. Like, obviously everyone knows like, you know yeah, kind of just let, do it yeah i mean i think it should be more like hey we're holding a press conference and they go to the mm-hmm. press conference and you know to your kind of comparison that's like the guy actually going to the girl's house and saying yeah. hey i broke up with them and then subsequently you know i guess going to the boy's house and be like yo i broke up with her you know yeah. versus throwing it in the group chat um yeah you know, yeah, I guess it's more it like social that media for everybody
2: to see. Yeah, like, that's kind of, you fucked know, up. It's, well, like-
1: it's, it's actually a tough comparison. Like, I don't even know what it compares to. I guess it'd be like a work like like if you post it like, well, fuck, I did that when I left yeah, for coaching. I was get like, a new get-
2: job. you don't post when you when you leave your old job, you post that you're getting a new job, right? Right. So, so this can-
1: wasn't like a thank you. For this opportunity, I'm now taking a new opportunity. It was just no, he's it gone. It was just like
2: we are now parting ways with head coach Matt Rule. Like that's literally the that was the entire post. Did they
1: expound on that, or that was it? Just like very one. I'm, sentence. I'm pulling
2: it up. I'm pulling it up again right now. Um, all the all the it's a picture of Matt Rule in his Panthers gear, and all it says is we've parted ways with head coach Matt Rule.
1: Wow, that's that's pretty much like. That's fuck all it's said. It might as well just say, fuck you, you're gone.
2: Well, here's the thing. I think that that's kind of making me think now that it might have not been all Matt Rule's fault in Carolina, right? If they're acting that way, then that's a big red flag in the front office of that organization. That they're, that That's how they choose to handle that situation. Well, and that's a
1: quarterback, right? How many quarterbacks did Matt Rule have when he, he got had, there?
2: He had Baker, Darnold. He had Cam, Cam for a little bit. I think he might have had Bridgewater for a second,
1: but I can't remember. Yeah, like um, they all fucking suck.
2: Yeah, but I think Matt Rule is like kind of the case of the college coach not transitioning well to the NFL. Like Matt Rule's he's the kind of coach where so, you're f- gonna turn over your entire roster in four years. So it's like you can you, you you're just waiting for that to catch lightning in a bottle with the right team.
1: NFL's so, not like that. So that's why. I would agree, but because all of the quarterbacks were quarterbacks from other teams that they got rid of because they weren't good enough, yeah makes me want to reconsider that thought. like for example, if you're a coach from college and you like you can't win without a quarterback in the NFL everyone knows that yeah but like if you get a quarterback, right you draft a quarterback or like you get a guy yeah. and then you don't develop and then he fails. Right, mm-hmm. that's an indication and indictment of you. But yeah. if your general manager just keeps bringing you in the rejects to play the most important position, yeah. and then you don't win because they just perform like they did that everywhere else, but you're a defensive-minded coach and your defense is sick, like the Panthers' defense is sick.
2: Well, and this, I think, this goes back to what we talked about Sirianni and liking what he's doing this year is passing off a lot of their responsibility to his coordinators. And I think your biggest responsibility as a head coach is hiring your staff, right? Filling out your, 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 your staff on both sides of the ball with the best guys that are going to make the best players. Right. And we talked about it last week with a couple of the O-linemen going down and how valuable it is for us to have Jeff Stoutland, that we get a guy like Jack Driscoll to come in and not miss a beat. Right. So a, a big part of having that job as a head coach is to fill out all of those coordinator positions with the best guy available. Um, And I think it's tough to do that, especially coming out of college, because I think the best, the best position coaches are guys that have kind of coached in the NFL for a long time. But um, I think, I don't think roll got the short end of the stick. I just don't think that was his, it's not his place, right? It's like Saban, right? He's going to be a great college coach somewhere. Um, but I just don't think the NFL is for him. I think he's the type of guy that needs that roster turn, turnover every year, with guys graduating and the new freshmen coming in, to be for him to be successful. Um, but now to, to to break off a little bit from sports, sauce, Okay, yes. I, will, I, I don't I don't know if the viewers noticed this, but there's a little different background here behind me, and I apologize for the glare. I'm trying out a new room set up. Okay. And I've recently pulled my bed away from the wall. So now that I'm not tucked in a corner, you can enter an exit in my bed from both sides now. And I know you have that. And I know it's like all of my friends that I've told is like, why well, you're taking your, your first steps into adulthood. Um, I, I need you to give me one thing you miss about having that bed tucked in the corner. And one thing that you love about having your bed freestanding now.
1: So I would say there's no better feeling than the cold wall,
0: Yeah. you
1: know? So I miss just rolling over and you're just right up against that, you know, you're just like this kind of like right up mm-hmm. against that cold wall. You can nestle your head. It's pitch black over there. You just kind of get, get stuck yeah. in that corner. So I really mm-hmm. miss that, that part about having to bet up against the wall. I think one advantage having it centered is you do feel like you have kind of more space to roam a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, Hey, I can roll to my right and kick my feet over the edge. And like, I won't smack my leg on the wall. Mm -hmm. Or like, you know, you have those moments, maybe you're on like the side closest to the wall yeah. and you start getting hot in the middle of the night. You got to fucking kick that leg out of the, out of the covers. Mm -hmm. Right. And you got to, you know, maybe you go one leg out, one leg in. You know, a little bare butt yeah. cheek hanging, this type of thing. And yeah. uh, when you have the wall there and you kick that leg out, you just smack the shit out of your foot on the wall. Oh,
2: yeah, dude. I've, I've sprained some toes doing that. Yeah.
1: And, it's, and then then you're wide awake, right? Like then yeah. at that point, it's <laughs> it's probably a 20-minute process to get you back to yeah. sleep. Yeah. So having it in the middle, you can do that and just continue mm-hmm. right on into your sleep path, which yeah. is huge. So, so is this the first, like, how many nights have you had it?
2: So this last night was my third night with it. Cause I had it. Or no, last night was my second night. Cause I had it Saturday okay. night and Sunday night. And what I found is I've made my bed three, two days in a row. I guess you can count three because Saturday I moved it. Then I woke up Sunday and then made my bed again on Sunday. And then I woke up this morning and made my bed again this morning. And I'm like, wow. that's, it's a good thing because all you have to do is take the, you don't have to reach behind and like tuck the covers in behind the, the back side of the bed.
1: Right. Right. You're not, you're not tucking into the wall. Yeah. And I think it's
2: that like military <laughs> mindset where you get up, you make your bed and you're going to start off with a good, you already got one thing out of the way, one goal accomplished.
1: And so um, do, you have, do you go side table? Like, do you have side tables going? I'm, on each side I'm, of the I'm bed? getting one. I'm gonna have
2: a nightstand on one side, but I don't have it yet. But it's in the works. Okay. Um, now I have I have one more question for you, as we're getting kind of close to the end. What's yeah. um, what's one piece of uh, like living advice or like house arrangement advice that has helped you as an adult? That's you're like, oh, this has really changed my life of having my house set up this way. So, it's something that the viewers can kind of utilize for themselves.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I would say corner the television. Ooh. I think for typically, um, you know, a good couch to get, I would say, is either the L shaped couch or mm. some people, if they have two couches, they may want to have like uh, a single like recliner and like a love seat or like a three and two kind of setup. But usually yeah. there's multiple pieces of furniture to sit on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so when you can, when you can corner the television, like you see behind me, then yeah. you can angle that seating arrangement so that your focus mm-hmm. is pointed towards the TV. Cause there's no worse feeling than like having the couch this way. And so when you lay down, you kind of yeah. got to crank your neck to look at the television, yeah. being able to look at it head on is huge. So, I would say cornering the television and then kind of aligning your furniture to that is huge in the living room setup.
2: That's a good call. What about you? you I was going to say now I'm going to stick on the same theme with the television, but I never really had this growing up. And I finally got it in the house that I live in now, but having the surround sound for the TV or not, not even the surround sound, but like the the sound bar with the woofer that like makes Feel like you're in a movie theater. Yes, it, you can't. Once you start, you're never going to go back to watching TV without it again, right? You you could watch a Penn State game and turn the volume up and feel like you're in the stadium. Your house is going to be shaking.
1: Yeah, and, and speaking of that, so when I do that, Alex is always like, "Lower it. It's too loud."
2: That's what everyone says to me.
1: The point of having this soundbar is to give yourself the experience like you're there, whether it's a movie or a sports game. Like I want it to feel like the fucking movie theater, right? I I want to feel like I'm at the stadium.
2: Yeah. I want to have to lean in to have to talk to you. like like, Now,
1: that's one thing that I do and I didn't know if you do that. Do you treat the preseason games for sports? As like a preseason tester with the soundbar in terms of hey, maybe if I put it on a different setting and a different volume, I can enhance my experience.
2: I think well, I think there's the one there's a one-time use for that. Um okay. we usually we usually keep our setting on movie, um, which I think gives you like the best sort of surround sound. I think game has like I like the announcers to be less loud and kind of the the bass to be louder with the crowd yes. noise. Um so I think the movie gives you that because it's like if you're watching some horror movie and there's like a like like suspenseful music playing they want that to kind of be to the forefront. So that's what we found but I think every soundbar is different. You got to get it home and try it out. Watch it with a few different things and um they've made it really easy to change the settings but yeah if you're if you're an avid TV or sports or movie watcher, you have you have to get get off your ass and go get that that sound bar with the with the subwoofer, because it will change your life as a as a viewer.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Well, as we go to our Flash 60 here, kind yeah. of the episode, uh, just a, two quick things I wanted to touch on. Uh, wanted to send out a congratulations to Chip Kelly. Number 12 in the nation, the UCLA oh, Bruins. Yeah. They're fucking grinding. 6-0, and undefeated. The chipper has finally regained himself as a prominent head football coach in the college level. So hats off to the chipper snapper. Good to see yeah. that. And uh, kudos to Carson Wentz through another interception to end the game. Um, and his head coach hey, was, just I
2: – had, I had Tennessee in the pick That was huge for me. He huge. did it for me. I, I –
1: I called in and asked he, him to do it. You earned that one, Johnny. I you did. earned it, and uh, yeah. and his head coach Ron Rivera came out today. Uh, they asked him why they are the worst team in the division, and the other teams are ahead of them. And he said because it's quarterback. So looks yeah. like things are going well for Carson, and uh,
0: you know. which is a little
2: demoralizing, considering that besides Jalen Hurts, it's Daniel Jones and Cooper Rush. Yes, and correct. And yeah. I I think Ron Rivera is wrong. I think defense is why. The Giants and the Cowboys are good, but um, that's that's a whole other show. But we're getting to the end here. Thank you guys for sticking with us the whole time, Ronnie Give me your final. Simon.
1: Give me your final tonight, Johnny. Who you got? Uh, Monday night for, football.
0: Uh, oh. So I'm still little and broken, but I'm spinning around. Say goodbye. I'm in the corner. Why do you kiss her? Oh.